0: Part two here, talking about building muscle, and a famous gym saying is that being in shape not only makes you look and feel better, it makes you harder to kill. So go hard or go extinct. I guess I look at my role in these lectures as helping you become harder to kill. (laughs) But seriously, many start exercising to look good, but once you actually feel strong, that feeling is so much better than any image in a mirror. There was a time that I thought career success would make me happy if I just do well in medical school, and then after that impress my colleagues and patients and friends, and you know, all those traps that many fall into. And while some of that stuff actually makes me proud and happy, it's probably like 20% of my happiness or something like that. I mean, I think the knowledge and life experiences from medicine are truly unbelievably valuable. The fact I provide for my family, that brings me happiness. But you have to understand, I am a work in progress. And really, there are many days I can't even imagine the finish line, let alone see it. And I drink from many fountains. My family, reading, listening, patients, co-workers, but definitely also the Iron And I can't be embarrassed about that. Some people completely, wrongly associate muscle with being dumb. Not the ancient Greeks, who I think rightly believed that the mind and the body deserve equal attention. And man, there are haters out there, right? And that's where we're at. I mean, the people that are trying to make themselves better and people hate them for it, you got completely contradictory criticisms just for the sake of hate bodybuilders are all gay, or they're all womenizers. I mean, there's no end to the contradictions. People obsessed with fitness have an inferiority complex, or they're all narcissists. People being in the shape are just a microcosm of society, and there are some narcissists, some who hate themselves, or have a body dysmorphic disorder, or whatever, sure. I mean, you have hundreds of thousands of people into fitness, and every good and bad personality type exists. And I just believe we are all a bit crazy, and it's a matter of how well we hide it, or deal with it, or sometimes embrace it. But getting in good physical shape is something that will help you deal with life's craziness, whether it's yours, or other nutjobs, or whoever. Alright, a really good question that has come up since the last lecture is, do you really wait a full week before exercising a muscle group again? And no, the answer is no to that, because there is crossover. And one thing I want to point out is that I am talking about directly exercising a muscle group. For example, in the split routine I gave as an example in the last lecture, I remember there's lots of split routines out there. So that really was just an example. But in that routine, there is only one day a week that you directly work a muscle group like the biceps. However, any split routine acknowledges that when you do your upper back day and perform pull-ups and pulling exercises, you are indirectly but substantially working biceps on that day as well. So likewise, on chest day, or using... lot of triceps and some anterior deltoid so you get the idea the main concept is to make sure you are allowing time for adequate recovery to directly work biceps or chest every day or even every other day it usually will not allow for adequate recovery and if you really took a muscle group to failure you are not going to want to work that group the next day and remember I said you have to find the split routine that works for you. If you only want to go to the gym three days a week, by all means, increase the amount of groups of muscles that you work on each day. But you will be a bit more fatigued with that workout, and you probably will not work each one of those groups as hard if you were working individual groups each day. But that's okay. No worries if you're fine with that. It's all good. And obviously, you don't have to be crazy hardcore about this stuff. Now, the hardcore do like to say, if you can't flex it, you don't need it. But that is not everyone's priority, including powerlifters, by the way, in which strength and not physique are the priority. Powerlifters are different from bodybuilders, as bodybuilders are trying to maximize hypertrophy while minimizing body fat. And crossfitters have different goals for the functional abilities they are trying to achieve. And I'm not promoting one lifestyle or goal over another. Rather, just get the fundamentals down about increasing muscle and strength, and it will help achieve all those other goals. It's just like when you watch the Olympics. You don't just say a person is a runner without further qualifying it. Different priorities result in diversity, which makes life more interesting. But a sprinter is way different in physique and training than a marathon runner, but both are runners. But here's the thing. I would bet most marathon runners can beat 99% of total non-runners in a sprint, right? And just as a trained sprinter could outrun a non-runner 99% of the time in distance, Any athletic training ultimately makes you better and able to cross over more easily into other activities you don't specifically train for compared to just sitting on the couch. Now also, before I get off topic of doing a split routine as discussed in the last lecture, I want to emphasize that most people who train seriously do what is called priority training. Now those in the bodybuilding are sculptors of physique, literally building the body, meaning unless your body is perfectly proportioned, you need to make sure your highest intensity is given to the day you work the most lagging body part. Now most very consciously do this after noticing disproportion, often in the mirror, but maybe in how you feel too. Now, most people have stubborn muscle groups and also muscles that hypertrophy with less effort. Now, for example, my triceps don't require crazy intensity because genetically they just seem to hypertrophy easy, whereas my quadriceps take crazy intensity to see results. So I prioritize quad day as day number one in my split routine, meaning my quadricep day is done after a rest or after a cardio day. It's kind of biblical, right? It's like, on the seventh day, I rest. On the first day, I work at the quads again. Something like that, right? All right, so now we can move along with another muscle-building tip. And this tip is to be conscious of your time between sets. Now, there are advantages of avoiding long periods of rest between exercise, that are numerous. First, you hold and check the overall time needed in the gym. That provides more time for your family and work or whatever you're into. Second, restricting long breaks helps burn more calories. So, Crossfitters are a good example of that philosophy. In addition to lots of variety and balance movements and all these things, they're trying to maximize aerobic with the anaerobic activity. Another consideration is you can take the muscle to failure quicker if it isn't allowed extended periods of recovery. Now, the best thing is to limit rest intervals to under two minutes when doing sets with high repetitions and moderate intensity. Now, the opposite can be said when going heavy. So, when going heavy with a lot of weights, you're going to have some days where you go to the gym and you're just going to go heavier than other days, Um, You can plan that, or you may just be feeling it that day, but a longer rest period of three to five minutes may be needed between sets, and that longer amount of time will allow full recovery of the energy storage system in the muscles known as the ATP supply. So if going heavy on a particular day, rest longer between sets, but if it is a high rep, lower weight day, be conscious that too long of a rest period is not beneficial okay the next tip is don't rely on a single exercise for each muscle in fact don't even rely on two exercises for each muscle so just like it's important to diversify investments your mantra for exercise should be no different Beginners and weekend warriors get into this rut all the time. For chest, they only do the bench press or some chest machine. For thighs, they may just do leg extensions or a leg press. Varying the types of stress you put on the muscle will keep the plateaus away. At a very minimum, learn three different types of exercise for each muscle, and that's at a very minimum. So let's take the chest as an example. Let's say you're working the pectorals. A routine should include parallel bar dips, dumbbell or machine flies, and the bench press, but then hitting different angles on the bench press with incline and decline presses, and then changing the spacing of grips adds further variability. Each person also learns that certain activities work particularly well for their body, but one of the secrets of bodybuilding is that the most effective exercise your body will respond to is often the one you are not doing. It is often our least favorite activity that we need to do the most. Doing the same workout over and over tells the muscle it no longer needs to adapt to grow. Comfort zones will result in plateaus. Do not become set in a routine. Try to cycle exercises in and out of your routine every few months. A really good trainer can also show you how to engage muscles better with the routines you may already be doing. Perhaps the rows you are performing to build your back muscles can have the form tweaked to properly engage the rhomboids, resulting in better definition. Now, it is tempting to play follow the leader in sports like bodybuilding. Reading about and then implementing the current routine of bodybuilder you admire claims they are utilizing may or may not work for you. Everybody responds differently. Low repetitions with heavier weights may work great for some, while high reps with lighter weights still working the muscle with intensity works great for others. You know, a lot of time under tension. Either method will probably only work for so long. So changing it up becomes necessary at some point for everyone. Toned folks with great physiques rarely followed the same regimen year after year. So you got to diversify not only the exercises, but the amount of repetitions in your sets. And this is important not only if bodybuilding is your goal, but probably even More important if just being in really good shape is your goal, and you couldn't care less about being a bodybuilder. And I did my certified personal training with the National Academy of Sports Medicine. And one of the things that the NASM often emphasizes, no matter what you're learning, is something known as Optimum Performance Training. They call it OPT, Optimum Performance Training. And with that, there's really three phases of training. There's stabilization, where you're working on stabilizing and endurance. And then there's the strength phase, where you are working on hypertrophy and strength. And then there's the power phase. And you go through these three different levels at different times throughout the year, and then you restart, meaning you go back to the stabilization level, where you're now once again trying to develop and optimize neuromuscular efficiency, you know, coordination. And then after doing that stabilization level for a week or so, you move back into the strength level, and there you're really trying to increase motor unit recruitment and hypertrophy. And then you move back into the power level, where you are trying to increase rate of force production. And when in the power level, you're trying to perform all power exercises as fast as you can in a controlled setting. So that's the other part of that sentence. You really need to be controlled. So it's as fast as you can safely. A practical example of a power exercise would be an overhead soccer throw. You want to throw it as hard and as explosively as you can, but you need it to be under control. Anyway, the bigger point is that The experts at the National Academy of Sports Medicine feel pretty strongly that you really need to move through the phases of stabilization, through the phase of strength, through this phase of power, and then repeat those phases and keep that cycle going throughout your year, throughout your decade, throughout your life. Again, with the idea that it keeps you out of a plateau or rut, but most importantly, So you're following the biomechanical, the physiologic, and functional principles of the human movement system. With the idea that targeting all of those areas will result in progression and improvement. All right, well, geez, there's so much more to talk about. So I will come back, and this is Dr. Gil Peratt, and I will see you on the next round.